Hello, everybody, and welcome to the She Invest podcast. A very special episode today. Uh, here's your hosts. I am Allie Fugit. I'm Carrie Douglas. And uh, yeah, so today we are going to have a great conversation with a wonderful woman in this industry. Um, She is really kicking some ass on uh, where she's going and uh, where she's been. And so Carrie's going to give her introduction and her introduction just speaks volumes um, for her. And I, we, we love her. She is such an inspiration to us and in our journeys uh, through real estate. So yeah, take it away, Carrie. Yes. So we have Rachel Gainsbrough joining us today. Um, She was born in Haiti, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Dr. Rachel has driven to make a difference and not take her parents' sacrifices for granted. She was raised in the inner city of Miami, where she worked hard, got straight A's, and went on to get her doctorate. Unfortunately, financial literacy was not part of the curriculum, and she graduated with a whopping $500,000 in student loan debt. She struggled, burned the candle at both ends, worked multiple extra hospital shifts to pay it off until she discovered real estate and digital courses. Fast forward to now, Dr. Rachel is a semi-retired pharmacist, luxury Airbnb real estate investor, educator, public speaker, podcast host, course creator, coach, and a mom of two boys 24-7. She, she's also a newly minted best-selling contributing author And she was filmed for a Netflix TV show highlighting her property. Rachel is all in on short-term rentals because it has helped her and her her husband retire at 46 from a stressful psychotherapy practice. And now she is semi-retired from pharmacy at 41. She believes that no other real estate strategy would have afforded her this early and abundant exit. But what excites her the most is the medical professionals that she's helped ditch burnout by launching their very own profit-generating luxury short-term rentals. And that number will only to continue to grow up. To go up, she runs a concierge coaching program powered by her digital course, the Luxury Short-Term Rental Academy, designed to help medical professionals grow their investments by adding just one luxury short-term rental to their portfolio. Her approach is contrary to most real estate coaching gurus. Rachel teaches her students how to own and operate the fewest number of properties, which generate the highest profitability. She reveals how to accomplish this in less than four hours a week so they can have time, freedom, financial stability to live life on their own terms, however that looks for them. Ultimately, Dr. Rachel's mission is to impact the financial wellness of over 1 million women in healthcare so they can thrive in their personal life while taking their patient care to incredible new heights. What a bio. Wow. So welcome to the show, Dr. Rachel. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me, Allie and Carrie. I just, I'm super amazed about your inspiration for bringing this community together. I know that this Uh, content you're going to be sharing during this journey is going to change lives and it's in complete alignment with my goal. You say you have a She Invests group for women who are looking to invest and really take their lives and portfolio to the next level. And so I was like, oh yeah, this is where I need to be. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. (laughs) Thanks for being here. So we're super excited today. Uh, So Rachel, could you uh, just, is there anything else like to update us on? Cause that bio is like phenomenal. Um, so is there anything else like new that you're working on that you wanted to share with us before we dive into some, some good stuff? 
I mean, there's something new happening every day, right? In the STR, MTR space, we're launching a fund as well. And we can dive into that because I know we're going to start talking um, numbers. Um, other than that, we were casted for another Netflix show. It's um, Overnight Riches, I think is the name of it. So who would have thunk it, right? Girl who's a pharmacist is doing all this media stuff. I wasn't expecting it. Um, it's not all the glitz and glam that I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's a total yeah. work. It's like, oh my gosh. But uh, still, it's fun and it's allowing others to see a different perspective. You know, someone who's doing it, who may look like them, who may have a like nine to five, like uh, who, you know, like they do. So I'm, I'm here for it for sure. Awesome. Wow. Wow. That is so cool. And like, just a, like, what a goal to be on a Netflix show, right? And, and be featured, so amazing. I'm gonna have to add that to my vision board, like so, kind of follow that. Oh um, but yeah, okay, so uh, Carrie D, I know you have like a lot of questions. Uh, yeah, so well, obviously, you know, we wanted to talk, we, we ask most people what got you started in real estate investing. And I know for you, it started with the student loan debt. Um, but talk to me a little bit about what keeps you going in this space today, now that you're semi-retired, like what is the next goal for you? Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's, um, opening my eyes to really what's possible and what can be made possible, uh, through real estate investing. And so the origin story, Carrie, that you shared a little bit earlier, it's still there. Um, having a whopping half a million dollars in student loans between my husband and I, at one point we were working five jobs, you know, just to really, you know, start driving it down. During that time, we had subscribed to the Dave Ramsey crowd. So we're part of that little cult, you know, which for us, it, well, I want to say for us, my, my husband, you know what, he's actually... Uh, a bit more conservative on the financial side than I am. I'm the risk taker. So for for me, I needed a bit more of that structure of, you know, how to be more frugal, how to get more organized. And that's when the light bulb went off. Like, if I can nail this, I think I can nail anything. And the aha moment for me was, it didn't matter how many more hours I worked, um, there's going to be a ceiling, right? How many W2 hours I work, there's going to be a ceiling. There are only so many hours in a day. And we had already like maximized beyond maximized the number of hours. And um, how do we work smarter, not harder? And that's the question I started asking myself. And so when I started to dive into the uh, real estate organizations, the different RIAs in our community, uh, as well as some virtual RIAs, the the push was you know to get as many doors as possible go 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 and uh just sitting in these rooms i i identified quickly that your your success was measured uh by the number of doors and um having been like completely burnt to the crisp like i was so burnt out i said there's got to be a smarter way so i took a step back and instead of just going all in on any of the strategies i decided you know what let me let me really evaluate this like what does the numbers look like 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 truly truly look like so you mean to tell me if i partner with you on this 25 unit and uh, each of them are making 160 dollars uh gross because the rent was 160 dollars a month first of all where is this place because i want to live there <laughs> my rent has never been 160 dollars a month 
Like, what are we doing? This seems exhausting. So just really taking a step back, identifying, is this really going to be a good fit for, for my life? Is this going to be another job? Right? Yes. So I had to analyze and decide, you know, what do you really want? You know, what do you really want? And, and that's when I kick the door fever to the curb. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm just like any other girl. Somebody comes up to me and say, I have a hundred doors. I'm like, oh, a hundred doors. But I still, I say, let's take a breath. You know, let's take a beat for a moment and count the cost. Because remember, I have a whole husband. I have two kids. I have three dogs, you know, like where, how in the world am I going to be able to, you know, buy back my time and buy back my freedom? Because that's the only thing that we have really is time. And so I wanted to make sure that I was leveraging that to the best of my ability. And so I went all out on the analytics of all of the investment strategies. And I continue to look for strategies, property deals, where I can maximize the heck out of my profitability while minimizing the level of effort. You know, I'm all about return on energy. I don't like anything that's an energy vampire, whether it's properties, whether it's people, I just don't have the capacity for that. I've got a boy that's going to go to college in two years. It's like, I need to go touring, you know? So, you know, setting my life up so that I can create a life that I don't need a vacation from, you know? And so right. that, that was that was the goal initially because here's what Forbes said. Um, I think back in 22 in an article, in 2022, Forbes published an article while women are better investors. And they had studies showing uh, that women, they research more uh, as they um, review investment uh, choices. And, and this is really able to prevent them from, you know, chasing hot tips, you know, and we get hot tips every day. It's a hot tip here. It's a hot tip there. But we don't, we, and I know I'm generalizing it, but I know for me, I didn't pick up on all the, you know, whimsical things that I saw my fellow colleagues and I sat in rooms with a lot of men. You know, mm -hmm. I, felt like I wasn't picking up on these, you know, hot tips like, mm, but let's let's really look at that. And although uh, we are, you know, more thoughtful investors, oftentimes we do not get the opportunities uh, with the venture capital, the capital is not always afforded to us. You know, I think it's back in um, the 70s or the 60s that women were able to actually, you know, have property under their name without a spouse. And it, it's just... Women needed a co-signer until the yeah. 80s on commercial loans. Yeah. 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 Sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. No, 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 no. Let that, but let... For let those that who are in for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Let that breathe for a second. So when you tell me there's a wealth gap and that there's a disparity, you know, there definitely is. And then you have other, you know, other individuals, uh, whether it's people of color or other marginalized groups as well. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a we've got a long way uh, to go. And so when you ask what keeps me going, honey, that's what it is. It's like making sure that we get the word out. And what I love about short term rental investing, women made 12 billion <laughs> in 2021 and outperformed men. And nothing I've got nothing but boys, guys, and my husband's a boy. So I'm, I'm all for it. But there's there's just been a gap for too long. And, and this is why 
it's my passion to make sure that I get the word out to all of the women. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Rachel, that like you make a great point that like for women, it's about getting something to that and finding something that in this industry that women can be excited about. And mm -hmm. you said it like, well, women are really excited about short-term rentals because there's not just the real estate gain that plays into it. They can bring in a lot of other things that they're really good at. And I think that that also helps fuel their excitement to continue to keep going because behind that are the numbers that back up that what they're doing supports. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I think that that's a great way, like your goal to help that many women through this type of industry is so inspiring because so many women are fueled by this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I did, I did have a question. So we're, we are, I, we love to talk numbers. So, um, so let's, let's kind of talk about like, what do you look for in a deal now? Like what are, what kind of goes through your mind? What kind of cash on cash or return on equity? Like walk us through that stuff. Yeah. And I guess my question kind of leads in with that. So I want to ask it combined oh, yeah, because I, I, when you were saying that you want to kick the number of doors metric to the curb, like what metric do you prefer to use in, in your coaching as well as your own deals as well? I love that. And I'm like on the side, like, let me put up my buy box. <laughs> no, but, but I do have a buy box and what I love about having a buy box. And I, I think it's really important for everyone. You create your buy box, but because what it does is it informs your strategy without um, allowing the element of, you know, the sizzle feature to, to just overcome you or uh, allowing the, uh, again, those hot tips, you know, like someone saying, you know, my friend is saying, you know, this market is going, you know, is doing really well. Okay. I'm a pharmacist, trust, but verify, right? It's like, oh, you did it. You did really count that amount of medication and you put that dose in there for that baby. Great. Good job. But let me go behind you and I'm going to test it and verify, right? Mm -hmm. I trust you, but I'm going to verify. So always trust, but verify. So have your buy box, uh, keep it on, you know, you can keep it on your phone in your notes or keep it on your Google. And so that will help you to quickly um, get out of analysis paralysis, right? And so for me, when it comes to single family homes, first and foremost, $750,000 purchase price or lower is part of my buy box. If I see a deal that's 1.2 million, I'm not interested. You know, those have not penciled out in the past for me or members of my community. And I have helped over 120 doctors, pharmacists, engineers, realtors purchase real estate, those don't pencil out. But if it's 850,000, knowing the uh, cycle that we're in right now, oh, I'm going to offer 750, right? So I'm not going to say no, but I'm going to offer something that is within my, my buy box. So that's first and foremost. Uh, other things that I love to leverage are properties that will allow me to do a a pretty significant advanced tax strategy. So for instance, cost segregation studies, uh, if the actual uh, rebuild value, like the structure versus the land value is so disproportionate that the cost segregation study is not going to do anything, then I'm not that interested because I need to take advantage of that strategy for the next three years or so. So what I mean by that is if you live like in California, where the land is super expensive, right? And you're buying a property for a million dollars, which believe it or not, is a good deal. <laughs> and I know people are like, I'm living in Georgia, so I'm like, that's a good deal. <laughs> that's, <what I> heard. <laughs> like, that's a good deal. Well, guess what? The actual structure may only be worth 300000 and and the land 
may be worth 700,000. So when it comes to a cost segregation study, uh, only the 300,000, a percentage of that is gonna be taken into consideration to um, advance uh, bonus depreciation. Mm -hmm. What that means is like, if you work at W2, uh, like many of us, you know, uh, did in the very beginning, uh, the savings that, that you can get to offset your taxes on a W-2 is really nice because of this um, uh, this rule or loophole that the legislator, you know, put together. So last year was 100% bonus depreciation on short-term rentals. This year is 80%, next year is 60%, and then it phases out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for my buy box, my buy box is a 2023 buy box. Next year, it's going to have to adjust because the cost seg study is not going to be as much. And then where there's no cost seg, it's going to adjust even further. Right. So for now, I want a, a piece of property that either the land uh, has little value, you know, because I'm not usually a condo girl, but a lot of my members have purchased condos and have done really well because there's no land value. It's all a rebuild saw property, which is really, really interesting. And so that's one of the advanced tax strategies uh, that we take advantage of as well. Um, I love a 10% down product. I know um, Dave Ramsey's going to come for me. I, I, I think at night, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, else cash. Yes. Yeah. So like I'm teetering between Dave Ramsey and Robert Kiyosaki, probably more leaning towards Robert Kiyosaki side of things. And the 10% down is, I absolutely love that. I'll do as many of those as um, I can. You're allowed 10 FHA loans. Uh, but by the time you get to like number three or four, um, you tend to tap out because of debt to income ratio. Mm -hmm. So, and then you got to go to a um, 15, 20, 25%. Um, and, and, and again, the reasons I keep talking about these like backdoor savings is I know interest rates are up guys. I know, but we're still investing because we have these uh, savings on the back end. But overall, an annual ROI of, you know, 20% over the course of five years, I want to hit that by year three is my goal. Overall, yeah, 20% annual ROI. And that's going to include uh, everything that I just mentioned. That's going to include the um, advanced tax benefits at as well so that is my goal wow that's a big goal really big goal uh, and i love how specific the taxes you can do there. <laughs> yeah uh i love how specific your buy box too is too because and and you brought up a really great point that everybody like your buy box can't be the same as everybody else's buy box right especially uh state driven and also for us that are in the short-term rental game, it's very driven by uh, what the regulations are in that particular area as well, too, right? Um, but I, I do want to- I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to caveat. There are like 12 more things on it, but I just gave a high well, just so you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, no, but I love the details that you talked about because um, you brought up the best, the, the big overarching points, right? Mm -hmm. That are That are the best things that- a lot of people can relate to. I do want to ask you one question, though, about the call segregations. Um, so you said you mentioned in the beginning about your new fund that you're doing. Yeah. So with your new fund um, on any properties that you're going to be doing with the fund, um, are you going to be offering like investors um, if you do call segregations? Are you going to be offering them depreciation with those deals? Absolutely. 
A1s all the way, my friends. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's something like, and uh, it's just like for our listeners out there, if you guys aren't familiar with that, like a lot of investors look for that and that's a huge bonus for them um, when they're getting into big deals. So yeah, yeah. Because ultimately um, they're going to be generating more revenue, right? So imagine you have an investor who's already maybe a higher income earner. Most likely they are if you're going the accredited route and now they have another revenue stream. Now they're going to be taxed at a higher <laughs> rate. So if you can offer the cost set, that's going to help a lot. It's going to offset their taxes as well as, you know, provide, you know, on the investment plus potentially on the income they're already generating actively. So, yeah, yes. I love that. But, but I'm going to tax strategies, okay? So don't, don't come for me. Definitely. <laughs> don't check everything. Look, check everything we said with the tax strategies and the CPA. We're, I yes. know I'm not. I don't know if any of you have any licenses or anything. <laughs> no. No, no, uh, that's not my strong suit. Um, well, we'll let the professionals stay to that. And I'll just worry about spending the money. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, Carrie, do you want to go with your next question? Because Carrie had some, she had like the best questions. So I just love, wanted to let her keep going. Well, I wanted to know um, how often you look at and track your net worth and your, your personal financial statement. And what does that look like for you? Yeah, so we track that on a monthly basis. So we have something called the one sheet. And uh, believe it or not, I think uh, sometimes we get really laser focused on one area of life and then the other area falls apart. And so that's not the life I want to live. So I have gained a lot of weight over the last few years, just like working from home and doing the things. And so I actually track my net worth along with my health worth or so to speak. So blood pressure, that's you know, awesome. strength, like, you know, so we, we track that simultaneously. So we do that once a month and there's a tool. Um, oh, I forget the name of it. I forget the name of it, but we just we just leverage um, our personal financial statement on a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. We're just using a good old spreadsheet. And so right now we're at a little bit. We're halfway marked to our eight figure um, mark. So that's the goal. We're on the seven to eight journey. So we're like four point two. Yeah. Not worth awesome. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and just like how long, like to put it in perspective, what's the number of years you've been doing this to get to that network? That's a great question. So I think we started to see there was, there is a hockey stick for sure. We started to see that happen um, at the end of 21 Okay, is, is when we started to see it. So prior to that, we we're like um, negative. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And then when we were two dollars positive, we we're like, oh, $2. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And 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 we as we continue to build our portfolio, um, I got to tell you, my W two wouldn't have gotten me there. I would probably be like at a hundred thousand and one hundred fifty thousand uh, net worth today if it were for my W-2, but when we, you know, we um, strategized, we purchased higher end properties, we forced appreciation into them um, by purchasing them at a lower than 
a market value rate and putting some work into them. Like one of our um, properties uh, we purchased was at like 175,000. It's worth 600,000, right? So you do that <laughs> 10 times, right? Um, you're able to, yeah. to make that happen. So, so at, at what point during this journey, so like you say, like, like 2021, 20, now you kind of started to see that uptick, right? So at what point during this journey did you feel like you had finally meet, like you finally met that monthly cash flow that made you feel successful? That made me feel successful. That's, a, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I mean, that what that just like, you know, like for me, like as I'm coaching students and things mm -hmm. like I, I always, it's always the question, like, what's your monthly income you need to get to, mm -hmm. to know that you've made it and, and all that. So at what point did you feel like you made it? You know, <clears throat> is it okay if I said I don't feel like I made it? <laughs> That's the problem that is the problem. And so, um, I think my husband, my husband has a better gauge on these things than I do. I'm a workhorse, right? I'm a freaking workaholic. Like I can work 24 hours a day for seven days a week. That's just that's just me. And, um. I always felt like once I get to this number, you know, I'll be able to retire. For me, that number was 20K months, you know, of cash flow, steady cash flow. But then I got there, but the the goalpost always moved for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm being fully vulnerable, fully transparent. It always moved. Once I get, oh, but what about 50,000? Wouldn't that really make you feel safe, right? What about a hundred thousand? Wouldn't that make you really feel safe? You know, I have these kids after all, right? I'm mama bear. I got my kids in Haiti. I'm putting people through med school there too. And I've got this orphanage. So the goalposts continue to move and move and move. And my husband was like, what are you doing? Like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you still working so hard? And we have this cash flow coming in, you know, when are you going to take a beat? When are you going to take a breath? You know? And so for me, I don't know if it was um, like some type of weird guilt thing, you know, like, and, and it's great in me. Like I felt like, well, why am I so privileged? Why am I so blessed? You know, I've got to work hard and I, I don't know if it's like a penance or something, but it took one email and literally it, my goal was free in 23 Free in 23. I have it on my door outside of my office here. Free in 2023. You know, I'm going to walk away. And uh, this was in January of 2022. I, I put that as a goal. I told my whole family, everyone, free in 23. That's what we're going to do. I had to put a deadline to because we had attained that alley to answer your mm -hmm. question. Um, so that's January 2022. In February 22, I got an email. I walked off the job. I rage quit that day. Wow. Literally. So <laughs> to answer your question, I was already there. I just didn't know how to cut the cord, so to speak, because who am I? Am I a pharmacist? Am I like, who am I going to be? You know, so I had to go through all of this mental stuff that I was mapping out. But they sent in the email, we're going to do this new initiative. And I knew it was full of bull and there's just no way. And this is the stupidest thing. It's not going to help patient care. You're going to overwork more people. And now we're going to overwork them with less time. 
I'm out. Right. <laughs> and so that, that again, um, afforded me um, the ability to, to just walk away because I was there. But even prior to getting there, I was getting that feeling, Allie, like, oh, this feels so like I needed, I wanted to jump out of my body every time I went to work. I was like, no, she's not going to work overtime for free. No, like I was yelling at everyone. I was like, no, no, that's not fair. And they're like, Rachel, it's okay. I'll work extra. No, you're not going to work extra. You're already work 13. And isn't your kids sick at home? No, go home. Your kids And like, I was like such an advocate and manager was tired of me and I was tired of them too. And so it was a mutual like over exhaustion, but Nevertheless, I hope that answers your question, Allie. I want yeah. to know world and No, no, it totally it, it totally does, but I think there's just interesting conversations to be had about everything that you said about like you struggling with the identity of like who you were becoming versus who you were. Um, and I think that a lot of women in general struggle with that every day, right? That's something we go through as moms, and then we go through in the business field that we don't take time to reflect on, like who we were versus who we're becoming and and that growth process, there's a huge conversation around that. And so I, I, I can completely relate with you because I feel the same in the um, process that we're in, in our businesses. Do we feel like we made it? Like, have we made it enough to say we've made it? Because I have like imposter syndrome terribly, like, you know, a, a lot. And so I, I love it. I, lo- I think that's a phenomenal answer because the, the goal should always be moving. Like, mm-hmm. You should never just say you're done because when you stop being a student and you stop learning, you stop growing and you stop, you know, pushing yourself, then, then what's the point, you know? I was going to say too, Rachel, I don't think, I think that you, I don't think there's a necessarily like a, a guilt thing. I just, I mean, for me, I feel like I get personal satisfaction from hitting a goal. And so for me, the goalpost will always be moving and I, I also love to build things, you know? So like, if there were some point where I was like, oh, I've made it, I'm going to go sit on a beach right now with a cocktail in my hand. It would not be two weeks before I was like, I think we should start a fishing charter. Do you think we could make some money if we offered this over here? Like, Ooh, I, we need to start a small business for setting up um, pergolas at the beach and we'll rent them out. Like I, I would come up with some sort of entrepreneurial idea because that's how I'm wired and that's what brings me excitement. So I think what you're saying is so normal and and it resonates with me. So for sure. Absolutely. I want to circle back to um, when you talked about like the number of doors and just if, if you, if you had a new student joining your program and they flexed by saying, Oh, I have like 35 doors. What question would you be asking them to, to get them to think about a different metric instead of the number of doors? Would you be asking them to like, say, well, what's your PL look like? What's your cash flow? Like, what is the question you would ask them to refocus their attention? Yeah, the basic question would be cash flow. You know, a PL is great too, overarching. A lot of them, they don't have that quite yet. And that's something that we walk through. But it's cash flow and it's margin. And, and I don't mean just margin in terms of revenue, but margin in terms of life, right? Mm-hmm. Are you... <laughs> 
Are you able to breathe? You know, do you have that margin? And if the answer is yes, then more power to you. But most of the time it's uh, it's one or the other. You're either going to have the time capital, you know, because you've outsourced the management to uh, a third party uh, where the cash flow and the satisfaction of how it's being managed is not quite there. Or you're going to have the cash flow because you're self-managing, but the time margin isn't there. And I can usually see the bags under there. <laughs> <laughs> to know which one it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so what, like looking back on it and because we want to be respectful of your time, so uh, we'll kind of try to end with our like ending questions. Um, what would you have done differently knowing what you know today, like looking back on your journey? Um, it goes back to the question that you asked a little bit earlier, Allie, actually. It, it would be quitting earlier. Um, recognizing that I had quote unquote made it in terms of uh, enough was enough, right? Because the question really is how much is enough? And I sit in a room with a woman called Champions. So they're at the, you know, 5 million and above. And I'm just like inching my way there. They're going to eight figures and, you know, have mentorship to get to the eight figures alongside them. But the question is always how much is enough? And again, it's designing a life you know, that you don't necessarily need a vacation from. So does it mean um, cutting back on something so that other things can flourish? Does it mean cutting back on W-2 hours? And, and there's that safety net, you know, the safety of the W-2. Well, you know, a lot of uh, members of my community, engineers, software engineers, got the, the wool pull under them with... Um, um, I was going to say that safety policy. Yeah. Like when Google, LinkedIn, when these big dream job. Like if I was a software engineer, Google would be like my, and they laid off tens of thousands. And so for me, it would have been cutting back sooner uh, for my W2 so that I can get, go all in on um, my investment strategy and building that, um, building that table for myself. Because at the W2, I was climbing up the corporate ladder. I actually achieved um, VP status in SaaS sales, all of that, always begging for a seat at the table, training men who are getting paid more than me, right? Real, real talk. And so always wanting that seat at the table, but I really should have been building my own table, right? Because we all know if you you don't have a seat at the table, you're on the menu, right? And right. so <laughs> that's, that's what I would have done early on, much earlier on. I love that. Instead, build my own table. Like, mm -hmm. wow, that is inspiring to me. Thank you. Yes, yes. Great. Um, and then uh, last question, what would you think the most exciting thing you have done on this investing journey is? Um, <laughs> for me, it's, it's actually been um, being able to take a step back and not waiting for someday. And, and here's the story. So I'm always like, someday I'm going to be happy. Someday I'm going to be this. Someday I'm going to, and I wouldn't say it out loud, but that was internal. Like once I get here, oh my gosh. And once I get here, and again, the goal post keeps moving. But if you are to just, just stand where you are right now, I don't care who you are. And instead of looking forward to where you're trying to go to, look back and how far you've come, right? Like in yeah. the gap, if you will. The gap, yes. 
And so living in the here and now, um, in 2020, I threw my parents a 40th anniversary celebration. And I was able to afford it to really pull all the stops, bells and whistles. They had a really tiny wedding back in Haiti when they first got married. And, um, you know, we're going back and forth. Oh, if we waited one more year, wouldn't it be awesome, even more awesome? Like, it's, I don't know why I do this to myself, right? But we said, no, we're just going to do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's it. You know, and then we went for it. And two months later, COVID happened and everything was shut down for like the next two years. And it, it just like, oh my gosh, we would have missed out on that moment, right? We would have missed out on that moment. I mean, we found family flying from everywhere, people they hadn't seen for 20 years. Like I didn't even recognize my parents. They were just so like chill on cloud nine. And, and for me, again, although Allie in my head, I hadn't made it, but I had enough margin to, to just swing it, to make it happen. Um, and I, and I went for, it. I said, you know what, this, this is the time I feel like I need to do this now. And for me, that's what this investment journey has done for me. Again, with my W2, even as a higher income earner, I didn't have the margin with the W-2, but the real estate allowed me to, you know, take a look above the, you know, the fray and say, oh, let's 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 do something special for this anniversary. And, and I don't know why, but it really, really warms my heart. And it, it reminds me, you know, to not miss out on those moments, you know, like now I have my kiddo who's going to be going to college in two years. I'm like, I have two more years with him, you know, let's do a road trip. Let's do so thinking up how to like make, you know, some lasting memories. Not that, you know, it's going to be, he's going to be gone forever, but I, I don't know, just living in the moment and really being able to uh, focus on that as opposed to just, oh my gosh, I've got these bills. Oh my gosh. And, and that's where I was when we had all that debt and all those bills. And I know, that's not a good place to be. And I, and I just want to give that inspiration that th that's possible, that can be made possible, you know, if we're strategic with how we're investing our funds. Yeah. And I love what you said about basically enjoying the journey instead of focusing only on the destination. I think that's so important. Even if someone can't afford much today, mm -hmm. finding a way to, on a budget, still enjoy the day to day or enjoy the journey. Um, I can't tell you how much fun I'm having with my current investing project. Like, no, it's not making money yet, but, <laughs> but it's been a really fun experience. So I think you're, you're spot on. Yeah. I think we'll also just like having people recognize that they need to take the time to evaluate that. Right. Because like we, we tell our accountability group members to um, like keep track of like all your wins. Right. Because when you do have those moments that you have something to look back on and say, that look at everything you accomplished and and that's that adds to that right that that helps to fill that gap and and that reassurance so i love that rachel this has been so inspiring you are an inspiration um we we are so thankful for you um so can you tell our listeners um how they can follow you and you know even get involved with you yeah, absolutely so if you go to 75gems.com that's 75 
G-E-M-S.com. You'll get access to my top 75 cities that I'm looking at for 2023 to invest in. And I'm on Instagram and all the places. Short term gems is pretty much how you'll find me on all the social media platforms. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we look forward to having you on again in the future. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs>